Ron DeSantis drops out of the race for president in 2024. It's now a two-man race, or is it? The Republican Party is coalescing behind their leader. The LPGA, that stands for the Ladies Professional Golf Association, except a man won a tournament over the weekend. And with Donald Trump, the presumed nominee, and Joe Biden, the presumed nominee of each of their parties, the United States of America heading toward a mutually assured destruction. We look at what's happening ahead of the 2024 election today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Welcome in. It is Monday, January 22nd, the year of our Lord, 2024. Ding. Fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina with the delayed ding today. That was for you know who. Uh, I got you. Our I, show today is brought to you by I delayed I believe, it a little yeah, bit just for I, fun. I believe SC.net. I believe SC is where you can go to get your I believe license plate. Low numbers still available. Ooh. And these license plates are funded. The effort is funded by Christians from across the state and across all denominations because apparently those are important to some people. So make sure you get your I believe SC license plate today. I believe SC.net proudly the namesake sponsor of this here talk show. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosper here with you. Ron DeSantis is out. He announced yesterday on the platform formerly known as Twitter that he will no longer be seeking the nomination. He suspended his campaign. Again, always important to note, suspending mm-hmm. a campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, he, As he departed the contest, he then endorsed President Trump. Um, the Washington Post writes here, who had relentlessly attacked the Florida governor with demeaning nicknames and charges that he was disloyal. Uh, DeSantis, 45, it seemed like uh, the most viable challenger to Trump to many after the 2022 midterms, uh, but he started to lose ground in polling before his campaign even launched in May, and that was, remember, on a glitchy live chat. And yesterday, Sunday, DeSantis said this, quote, It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watched his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare to this day to attack him. He acknowledged that he had disagreements with Trump. He spent the last year effectively calling Trump self-absorbed and ineffective. I mean, his charges might not be totally non-based, but suggested Trump's remaining GOP rival Nikki Haley was worse. Quote, we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Even before DeSantis dropped out, Haley had appeared the most viable challenger to Trump, pulling close to him in New Hampshire, but it's not clear that she can pull off an upset, and she faces a tough road ahead. On Sunday, she said DeSantis ran a great race and had been a good governor, but, quote, having said that, it's now one fella and one lady left, said Haley, and then she finished that by saying, may the best woman win. Um, because Nikki Haley apparently likes to deal in identity politics. Um, so what does this mean for the 2024 race? Let, let's go back to Iowa, Mitch. It's already over. Yeah. Uh, let me go back just a second. I, I'm grateful for Governor DeSantis and his candidacy for president. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, Justin. I'm grateful for those that drove the primary process as far to the conservative, Christian, moral, and um, I'll just say it, religious right 
as possible. Uh, and, and, and there were others besides Governor DeSantis, and I'm not besmirging Nikki Haley or Donald Trump, but others, I mean, Mike Pence, a good example, Tim Scott, good example, of those people who drove the primary process back toward a um, ethical, moral, religious conservatism, yeah. not Christian nationalism, right? Conservatism, right? So let's say, yeah, Iowa. It was over. We called it. I mean, I was off by a percentage point. Mm-hmm. I said thirty-one. It was thirty. Um, it's all about margin at this point. New Hampshire, uh, if you're listening to this on the day of recording, ding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's two dings. Uh, it, it's it's uh, a day away. It's only a day away. Um, and Very well done. there are those that will be saying, at last, at last, finally, <laughs> finally, we will now have a winnowing of the field. I believe Nikki Haley gets through at least her home state, our home state, the Palmetto State of South Carolina. If she gets trounced this week, I don't see it. I, I'm going to call now. She gets she gets beat uh, with uh, at least. I would say probably closer to 19 with the numbers I've looked if at. If it's 20 to 25, what's the point of staying in? You're, fr- you're trailing further behind in South Carolina than you are in New Hampshire. Well, they're you're not gaining. She's not gaining anything by DeSantis dropping out. Yeah, I think I think what she's saying right now is there needs to be, and it's the same thing many others said when there was a, a more wide field, is that y- you need people to challenge the former president. You have. All the way until... Until what, the convention? Uh, and that's not going to happen. The money will dry up at some point, whether, whether major uh, endorsers realize that it, it's a one-person race um, you know, we can we can play identity politics all day long. I believe in meritocracy. Right. And you and I were talking about this in show prep and off air with another project that we're working on. You know, we want to fulfill a, a wider demography than uh, we truly do. We want to include as many people in the process as possible. We want to say to other people, stand stand by me. That that's good. I like that. Um. But all of me and all of you, mm-hmm. we love conservatism. Understands yep. that um, you know you know it's it's very difficult when you have ultimately I think fewer and fewer people who are possessing the merit to do it, and that has nothing to do with racial lines. Well, by uh, uh, no. uh, Male, female, it has nothing to do with that. Well, and, and I will say this, and, and I've had conversations with folks, even yesterday before this news came out, we were talking about the, the remaining field. And and I said, you know, honestly, it, and I've prefaced everything with the same thing I've said on the show. I say the same things in private that I say here on the show. I have no no shame, and some would say no filter. Um, Donald Trump is the nominee, Donald Trump's been the nominee since he lost in 2020. I don't think there was any question about that. And the indictments and the charges have only solidified that because Republican voters see it as a as a conviction or an indictment against them as well. Donald Trump has done a really good job of being a millionaire, billionaire businessman, making himself identifiable with the everyman. It's been very impressive. So 
I've always said that of the three that were left, and we can throw the four or five in with Christie and Ramaswamy, that Ron DeSantis was the best candidate in terms of executive experience and proven track record. It made sense. It made sense. Now, he was probably the best candidate. Candidate is the word. The problem in that, and he's out, so this isn't me endorsing him. The problem with that is his campaign never got off the ground. He could, this is crazy to me. Donald Trump, the millionaire, billionaire businessman who has held the highest office in the land, is more identifiable with the everyman than the middle-aged father of three whose wife has dealt with a major health event, served in the military. He didn't, Ron, Governor DeSantis, was not able to endear himself to people, and there's one reason why. He's, because Donald Trump is in the race. I was going to say he's not Donald Trump. Donald Trump People is in the race. People can't help falling in love he, with correct. Donald Trump. He, they so, can't help So it. here's the thing. Ron DeSantis, his pitch was, I'm Trump without the baggage. The problem with that is Trump's in the race. Yeah. It's the same thing with Vivek. It, it goes back to the story that I, I've told maybe once or twice on the show. And it goes back to um, a teenager in 2015, Justin. Mm-hmm. And this teenager... Looked at me. He was a young man. I think he was probably 16, 17 years old at the time. And he's a conservative young man. But he's he's a boy. And he says, you, you want to know the reason why everyone loves Donald Trump? And we had been in some deep political discussion. And, and I said, well, tell me your opinion. And he goes, because he has no filter mm-hmm. and will say what everybody else is thinking and doesn't give a rip then, at all. Yeah, And that, you know... We, you know, Glenn Beck called it the Bubba effect. You know, um, it, it, the general consensus around Donald Trump is that he says what we're thinking. Right. And he's been persecuted for it. I mean, he said that, you know, I stand in the way of them and you. They're not coming right? after me. They're, They're coming, coming after, after you, you, and I'm just in the way. Yeah. You know, um, so he's willing to take. The blows, he, mm-hmm. you know, and so that only endears him to those who were already for him and right. to all of those, because I've heard it now for a year and and from some people that I greatly respect, greatly respect. Come on, you can't convince me that Donald Trump is actually going to be the nominee because of the legal woes, because of the incendiary remarks, because of, you know, time out of the limelight. He won't do the debates, this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and Justin, I haven't traveled across the United States. I have done some traveling. Yeah. I, I, and I don't fly over the flyover states. <laughs> I don't fly over Bamberg. I don't, right. And I'm just drawing it to South Carolina. I don't fly over... You know, Allendale. I, I I don't fly over, you know, Kershaw County. Mm-hmm. When I'm going to Myrtle Beach, I stop at Bucky's, man. Yeah. And you stop and listen to people as they talk. Bucky's, by the way, is a good place to find out what the general consensus of conservatism thinks. Now, y- y- I'm not saying that's a bad, y- I'm not assigning Bucky's anything that isn't due them, mm-hmm. but I mean, a Bucky's in the South. 
there are a lot of conservatives there. It's like Cracker Barrel on steroids. Right. Um, but better and lo- warmer. Well, with a lot of beef jerky mm-hmm. um, and Big Red. Big Red, man. That stuff is so good. It's got so much sugar, and the, but it's uh, so good. the beaver nuggets. Yeah. Beaver I just want to look at those beaver nuggets and say, marry me. No kidding. Oh, now, yeah. Now, Ron DeSantis drops out. He endorses Donald Trump. We Again, this isn't a shock. Like, don't dance on the grave. It's kind of expected. One would say, just shut up and dance with me. Right. But, you know. I'm not saying that. Maybe Gavin Newsom's saying that. But Trump is now coalescing the Republican Party. There are some who've always endorsed him. Henry McMaster, yeah. Russell Fry, Pamela Yvette. Yeah. All of them went to um, New Hampshire over the weekend uh, to campaign for him, along with Elise Stefanik, who is on the short list to be VP. Um, another candidate, former candidate for president, went to New Hampshire as well to endorse the former president and the leader of the opposition. This man is also now engaged, so congratulations. If you, and if you've picked up a theme of our show so far, yeah. we're congratulating him in a yeah. very so, subtle but not so subtle way so today. Congratulations, congratulations to, to, Senator, Senator, to Senator Tim Scott on getting in, getting, getting engaged, he said. We're not amazed. Girlfriend. We're not amazed. No, no, Tim's a catch. Um, so happy for the senator. Here's here's what Senator Scott had to say at, at a rally in Concord, New Hampshire. It's Concord, not Concord. Because that's in Charlotte. Concord, New Hampshire. Uh, here's what Tim Scott. New Hampshire got a dose of South Carolina this weekend. Oh, here's a lot. here's the senator. We need a president who will close our southern border today. We need Donald Trump. We need a president. We need a president who will unite our country. We need. Donald Trump. We need a president who will protect your social security and my mama's social security. We need Donald Trump. We need a president today who will stop the crime and recklessness in the streets. We need a president who will restore law and order. We need Donald Trump. Oh, we need a president who will lower our taxes and not raise our taxes. We need a president like Donald Trump. We need a president who understands the American people are sick and tired of being sick and tired. We need, we need a president our foreign adversaries are afraid of and our allies respect. We need, you see, we need a president who doesn't see black or white. We see a a president who sees Americans as one American family. We need. And that's why I came to the very warm state of New Hampshire to endorse the next president of these United States, President Donald Trump. 
So Senator Tim Scott has watched a lot of professional wrestling in his day. I think <laughs> he's a, a big good, Ric Flair guy. I, th- I think he's a good speech. I, I, I listen that he builds the refrain. Yeah, and and you know there's there's levels to this. Um, not only has Senator Scott endorsed Donald Trump. By the way, who who appointed Senator Scott to the Senate? <clears throat> <clears throat> and Nancy Mace has also announced she's endorsing Donald Trump. Donald Trump ran a campaign primary against her through mm-hmm. Katie Arrington mm-hmm. last time around. Formerly, she supported the ambassador and governor. And the former ambassador and former governor of South Carolina endorsed her, endorsed her and campaigned for her in her last two elections but you remember- and lives in her district. But the primary showdown was between Katie Arrington, who was a Trump girl, and Mace, who was more establishment yeah yeah i wouldn't agree with that so but but if you look at uh outside of two congress people Mm -hmm. congressmen Mm -hmm. every other one in south carolina has endorsed donald trump including now thanks to senator tim scott both of our senators Mm -hmm. the first nancy mace the second joe wilson the third outgoing jeff duncan outgoing jeff duncan the fourth william timmons the fifth, uh, Ralph Norman has endorsed Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. The sixth, Jim Clyburn. We all know who he's endorsed. Um, and then the seventh, Russell Fry, brand new. You know, it's time to, you know, it's Friday, uh, mm. which we love. love some fries. We love fries, including so, Russell. So there's pretty. it's a pretty impressive cavalcade of, of, of endorsements. And again, this is a coalescing of the Republican Party. And we're going to get to more about the Republican Party and the Democratic Party in just a second. But I want to hit this story that is from the weekend. Uh, this from the Daily Caller, Juliana Freeman with the article. A transgender golfer bumped a female competitor from winning a golf championship and her possible spot in the LPGA qualifying tour. Haley Davidson, a man, participating in the women's golf event, won the NXXT Women's Classic on January 17th at the Mission Inn Resort and Club, according to the New York Post. Davidson entered, ended the three-round Florida tournament four over. I got a, got a, well, I got a problem with that. It, How do you win a tournament shooting four over? It was a tough, I, it was a tough I course. Fan, maybe. Maybe. Maybe the greens were a little slow. Listen, I fancy myself a golfer. We'll continue. Uh, the 30-year-old Scottish native was three shots behind with two holes to go before a playoff was forced after the 18th. Davidson's celebratory Instagram post stated, Honestly, this one came as a bit of a surprise to me. Being three shots back with two holes to play, I got myself into a playoff after sticking it to three feet on the 18th. We tied the first playoff hole with a birdie, and then a par on the second earned me my first win in two and a half years. Davidson wrote that play that put him in first place um, on the season's long races leaderboard. Uh, Davidson was awarded $1,576.51 and 500 league points after winning the competition. His season total earnings amount to $4,206.84 since beating his female competitors. Um Davidson writing, thank you to absolutely everyone who has supported me from my fellow competitors to all of you that I may or may not have had the chance to meet yet. Thank you all for helping me wade through any hate and making me feel loved. Davidson's current career total earnings over eight events, eight events total, he has made $5,801.89. The golfer had ranked in the top two twice along with a seventh and ninth place finish during the current season. Uh, we are on, we are audio only today. There is no doubt in my mind this is a man. There is no doubt in my mind that everyone knows 
this is a man, and it is deeply concerning to me. Deeply concerning that more women and female athletes are not speaking out about this. Here's the thing. Uh, what's what's this person's name again? Haley Davidson? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure his main name is actually Hale. Anyway, he he's saying, well, I only drive the ball 250 yards. No, and that's not true. According to the Orlando Sentinel, he drives the ball 270, 275, so, which is, by the way, 8 to uh, 13 yards lar- longer than the longest driver by average on tour, who is Lynn Grant of Sweden. So here, So here's the thing. Yeah. If you don't play golf, you're thinking, ah, that's not a big deal. That is a huge deal. Let me. The goal is to get closer to the hole with every shot. Not even that, though, Mitch. My point is, even with the reconstructive surgery to create female parts, there's still more testosterone. There is Actually, still more muscle yes. mass. And listen... His I mean, body is creating it. I mean, I didn't drive the ball well early on when I started when I started playing golf. As I got in the gym, as I started lifting weights, as I started doing more arm workouts and more leg workouts, you generate more power. It's effort, it's it's more it's more effortless if that makes sense to bring inertia to the golf ball and it goes further. Yeah. Not only does it go further, but you are then able to manipulate your shots better. And how you want to approach the green, right? You're trying to get the ball in the hole in as few shots as possible. If you're in a bad lie, you can manipulate your shot differently. He can do that. The problem I have with this is more. my problem rests with the female athletes. It, It Ultimately him for doing this. But the female athletes for allowing this to happen. Where, where are more sage deals? Yeah. Where are more Charlie Arnaults? Where are more Riley Gaines? Like, like these all are doing uh, extremely great work until they want to, you know. Well, unfortunately, because of the stipulations on their contracts with certain set golf organizations, because I'm not going to say it, uh, who that golf organization is, they probably have either, I doubt it's a gag order, but they probably have some sort of threat against their future winnings based on, and, and outside of that organization, there is not, I'll just say it this way, there is no live golf for women. Correct. There's not. So where are you going to go make money? Correct. And if, and, you've, and if you've gone down the road to make a living this way, what are you going to do? Here's here's looking at live. Create a women's league. There you go. And since it's the Saudis, i are not going to let transgender you, athletes. No. Here's the deal. And I'm just going to shoot straight. And I don't know that this is uh, Haley, Hal, whatever. Hal Davidson. His, his sole reason for doing this. The dude couldn't hack it with men. If you're driving the ball 270, 275, you can't make it on the Corn Ferry Tour. You can't make it on the you whatever. Can, you can shoot. You can you can shoot eighty you, on a call on a golf course here, and that's cute. And you could be a you could be a uh, you like could go a, play in the tournaments here, uh, perfect, like a course professional or something like sure. that. Sure, the Hartsful Country Club, man, that'd be sure. cool, wouldn't it? Um, I would. I mean, yeah, or you know, maybe the it. Country Club of South Carolina out maybe Florence. That'd be awesome. You know what? He couldn't make it on the tour. Correct. So the issue is, what do I do now? Because I've sold myself this bill of goods. This, this is all I can do with my life. And I, I'm sure that he probably had some transgender tendencies, may have even felt like a man or a woman trapped in a, a man's body. I was I was once a man trapped in a woman's body. Yeah. Then, then you were I was born. born. Um, and so he says, there ain't no mountain high. 
the, you know, there isn't a mountain high <laughs> enough. I uh, just did it again. Uh, did. That that I'm not willing to climb in order to do this. Now, I am not belittling his gender dysphoria. I think the man needs professional help. He just wants to be an uptown girl. That's there you fine. go. You you finally gotten in. Well, well, you've done. A couple I've done a couple. Good. All right. So uh, I want to I want to circle back. All right, Jen. Uh, to this to this issue uh, as we hurdle ourselves toward mutually assured destruction. There we go. And here's what I mean by mutually assured destruction. I'm not saying that both candidates are bad. I will say that I don't particularly enjoy the fact that whomst ever wins between the two lame is duck. going to be a lame duck on day one. Day one. Y'all, y'all. Hand on the Bible, raise the right, so help me God. Congratulations, Done. Mr. President. Election 2028 begins. Now, and I will say this. Of the two, and I'll, I, I'm going to choose my words and not put a popular wedding song in this one. Okay. Um, of the two, who is more likely to go out in a blaze of glory? Donald Trump. Donald Trump, hands down. You know, uh, President Biden is more likely well, to ride President Obama's fame as he has already done, down in a blaze you know, of glory. I don't blaze of glory, but, you know, dumpster fire probably. Yeah. But um, yeah, the point is Donald Trump can still treat it like a first term, even though it's a last term. He actually made a good point over the weekend. We said, you know, if they wouldn't have stolen the election from me, I'd be a year away from going away. They'd never deal with me again. He had a point. So the point is you have a lame duck president day one. That's number one. Number two, with these two candidates, let me just paint the scene for you. <laughs> if Joe Biden wins re-election, Are you using crayons with this, or half the country will say the same thing that was said in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, this was stolen. This is rigged. Our democracy means nothing. You're correct. Uh, <laughs> now, all of that. If Donald Trump wins, we've already been told what that means. In fact, here is the latest campaign ad from the Biden-Harris administration as they get ready to stump in Virginia tomorrow to champion killing babies. For 54 years, they were trying to get Roe v. Wade terminated, and I'm proud to have done it. The state Supreme Court ruled against the pregnant woman who had sought an emergency medical exception to the state's abortion ban. And I'm proud to have done it. A woman in Ohio who had a miscarriage has now been charged with a crime. There has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah, there has to be some form. I cannot adequately put into words the trauma and despair that comes with waiting to either lose your own life, your child's life, or both. If it weren't for me with Roe v. Wade, you wouldn't even be talking about this. Protect abortion rights is the final thing on the screen. Now, there was this one, there was a one thing in there about an Ohio woman who was charged after she miscarried. She was charged with Not a felony with a felony abuse of a corpse not because she miscarried now um she miscarried into a, a, a let me let me stop if you don't want to hear this part or if hit, you're around people who 30. don't want to hear this part just click plus you, yeah do what you need to do hit your fast forward button for just a second Brittany Watts, age 34, had been charged with abuse of a corpse after she miscarried into a toilet on September 22nd at her home in Warren, Ohio. Her case drew international attention. A Trumbull County grand jury decided against indicting Watts on the abuse of a corpse charge. Um, 
she was charged under a section of Ohio law that penalizes treatment of a human corpse, quote, in a way that the person knows would outrage reasonable family sensibilities or community sensibilities. The charge was a fifth-degree felony, and had she been convicted, she would have faced up to a year in prison and a $2,500 fine. But the prosecutor said after careful evaluation of both sides' positions that they respectfully disagree with the lower court's application of the law. She's not being charged. She's not being charged. But if you'd have just let her have an abortion, then they could have wrongfully disposed of that human being's body. Properly. They would have done it properly, though, Mitch. That's the argument. The Biden administration is, 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 I'm going to say it, hell-bent, which is so interesting because Joe Biden's been all over the place on abortion, and, and he usually took the, um, the political position of someone who claims uh, to be Roman Catholic, which is, oh, well, personally, I'm against abortion, but I can't, you know. I can't force my I beliefs can't force on my everyone beliefs else. on people. People, the dogma can't live loudly within me. All this is an, is an elaborate identity politics scheme. The Detroit News, though, um, had an interesting piece uh, a couple days ago. President Joe Biden's support is on shaky ground in Michigan. And uh, in in a recent poll, he was trailing Donald Trump by eight percentage points. Eight in Michigan. Now, if Donald Trump, my argument is if Donald Trump is within one or two percentage points in a popular vote poll nationally, he can win the Electoral College. He proved the path. Oh, yeah. Tap in to the unsettled feelings of the working class blue collar voter in Michigan and Wisconsin and Ohio, and you will win. Period. You just got to hold Texas and hold Florida. Now, things get even worse because Iran, according to the U.S. Navy, is directly involved in the Houthis attacking ships. Uh, no kidding. Iran is directly involved in ship attacks that Yemen's Houthi rebels are carrying out during the war against Hamas by Israel. Vice Admiral Brad, Admiral Brad Cooper stopped short of saying Tehran directed individual attacks, though, but he acknowledged that the attacks associated with Iran have expanded from previously threatening just the Persian Gulf and the Strait of Hormuz into waters across the wider Mediterranean Sea. Imagine, here's yeah. Here's what John Kirby had to say about this when asked about it on Good Morning America. What can you tell us about potential injuries to American troops in Iraq, and how will the U.S. respond to this latest attack? Well, as we understand at this early hour on Sunday morning, it's only a very small number of uh, U.S. troops that were affected. Uh, they're being seen for traumatic brain injuries uh, with uh, some symptoms of concussions, but no serious uh, physical injuries other than that. Not that that's not serious enough. Of course it is. Uh, but uh, we understand it's a small number and, and it's limited to uh, traumatic brain injuries. Obviously, we're going to do what we have to do to protect them. I mean, these attacks have to stop. Uh, and we've made that very clear. How have you made that clear? I know how to make them stop. I, I'm serious. And this, I, you, you might call me a war hawk. There's a clear oh, way no, to stop these. No, yeah. And it's not hawkish to do this. I mean, just drop a couple bunker busters or a couple J-dams on top of them. And oops, uh, as Ted Cruz said in 2015, make the same glow. glow. And you know what they'll say? The way you look tonight. Right. Yeah, it'll a bring, recent Harvard-Harris poll has Trump up by six. In a race with Kennedy in it as well, Trump leads by eight. Nikki Haley is up by three. DeSantis was down by one. In New Hampshire, Nikki Haley is beating Joe Biden by three. 
But in New Hampshire, Trump is only down to Biden by three with Kennedy thrown in. I don't trust any numbers that are national numbers right now. I think the only numbers to look at are where you drill down into battleground and swing states like Georgia, like Ohio, like uh, Michigan, like Pennsylvania. Those states are the ones where you need to drill down and start paying attention to the numbers because that's what this this Uh, election will come down to. Wisconsin, Trump, and Biden are in a virtual tie uh, in Pennsylvania, Trump is up by 0.3. In Marginal. Nevada, Trump is up by 5. In Georgia, Trump is up by 7. Ooh. In Arizona, Trump is up by 4. In Michigan, Trump is up by 6. Hmm. Those states are going to matter, and I think you're going to throw in uh, I, I don't think you're going to have to worry. If you're if you're conservative, I don't think you're going to have to worry about Florida. Or if, Texas. If you, and, and that one still concerns me a little bit. I'm tired of being concerned about it and never comes to well, be, to bear. I, I understand, but the and and I'm just going to put this out there and I'm not giving you something to keep you up at night. Um but, keep me up. Uh, how many voter registration cards are given at the border um is up for debate. Right. And you know, if if people who are passing across our border illegally are able to vote and are given an incentive such as um documentation, a rite of passage, um, free bus tickets, uh, you know, uh, aid of any sort. Uh, I think that's unjust. I think that's right. undue on, on the taxpayer. So that that is a question uh, that has to be asked of Texas. Arizona, concerned. Nevada, eh, doesn't carry a ton of electoral weight, although – it could be concerning. I think we can kiss Colorado. If you're conservative, you can kiss Colorado goodbye, mm-hmm. at least for a period of time until they get tired of what they're doing. Right. Um, uh, Michigan, concerning. Wisconsin, oddly enough, seems to be breaking mm-hmm. more conservative. Minnesota, I think for the time being, similar to Colorado, kiss it goodbye. Um, but I do think we see um, a conservative – Boone in yeah. places like Ohio, um, Georgia, um, if if enough people outside of the metro Atlanta area will turn out to vote. Here's here's the thing. As we wrap up the program today, and we want to thank you for listening uh, on this Monday or whenever you're listening, um, there might be a a feeling or a desire. Uh, we, we are from a we are bringing you news and topics from a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. There are some who will say, you know what, we got wars in two places, probably going to have a third one when China moves on Taiwan in a couple months. Um, nothing's perfect, and we have to, we, why are we even worried about this stuff anymore? And now we have the same two candidates that we did four years ago. What's the point? Why should we worry? It's it's like polishing brass on a sinking ship. Hmm. Well, here's here's what I would say to you. And this isn't all my initial thought. Um, I've, I've heard bits and pieces of this from different places. Um, I, will, I will tell you that U.S. troops being targeted by enemies is not polishing brass. I would tell you that an economic system in which hardworking Americans 
are unable to even attempt to buy a home is not mm-hmm. polishing brass. A family of four having to decide between putting a half a tank of gas in their car or purchasing groceries for the week is not polishing brass. Children being forced to endure education from a standpoint of some ideology that is antithetical to the gospel is not polishing brass. Babies being ripped apart in their mother's womb is not polishing brass. So, you can do a couple of different things here, and I would encourage you to read the accounts of one man, not an American. I would argue, well, if you want to go biblical, Joseph. If you don't want to go biblical uh, in terms of an actual story from the scriptures, then William Wilberforce might be the best case. I would argue Alexander Solzhenitsyn as well. Will Wilberforce came to Christ after being a bit of a playboy, has a degenerative abnormality, disease, illness, and he fights in Parliament for years to end the slave trade. Takes him 26 years. They end the slave trade. He goes back the next day and starts fighting for the abolition of slavery. That takes another 20. And so 46 years of fighting, 46 years of eloquent speech, 46 years of death threats, 46 years of being ostracized, and yet William Wilberforce, understanding that he's operating from a place of biblical understanding and God's will, we see the end of the slave trade, and we see the end of slavery in Great Britain, the United States was shortly to follow. As we move toward this 2024 election, Please understand what I'm about to say. I'm not here to tell you it's the most important election of our lifetime. I'm here to tell you it's the next one. And I believe with my whole heart that as Christians, we are to engage the culture, the community around us, the government, all of these spheres, we are a part of them. God is innately a part of them. Mm Mm-hmm. They're all his design. It's just how we choose to run them, and how in in whose image, whose image, are we going to cast them in? So, my please don't bury your head in the sand. Right. Don't get weary. Don't say if if you don't like the odds that that the former president will be the nominee. Don't put your head in the sand. If you don't like who the other party is nominating, don't put your head in the sand. Don't say, well, there's nothing I can do about it because you're you're responsible for your own pea patch and to and defending what's yours with a with a with a biblical worldview and and with grace and with truth married together. Justin, you you've witnessed this as well as I have. There's another notion here. Um and I think it's kind of a zero sum notion. And that notion is is that what America needs is repentance and revival. And a lot of people who are in that camp, and I just so happen to be in that camp, I truly believe, I was talking to a friend last night about how America um, and God's people, because we know where revival starts, it starts in the repentance of the hearts of believers, um, and then spreads. It's not zero-sum, though. Because a lot of people say, well, you know, if you have if you have a focus on revival and repentance, 
That's your sole focus, your singular focus. I'll promise you that when Moody led the third great awakening in America, Mm -hmm. he still encouraged people to go and act biblically with their citizenship. I'll guarantee you that William Wilberforce, as he sought to end slavery in the early 1800s, by the way, he was an elected official. Yeah. Um, he encouraged people to be good biblical citizens, to use the rights that they had given to them by God and their government mm-hmm. to execute God's will. Now, how does God work through that? What are the role, What is the role of the magistrate? We can talk about that at a later time. It is not zero sum. It is not politics or revival. It is yes to both. We desperately need God in our nation. Uh, you know, I, I've said this for years, for a long, long time. We say, God bless America. He has. He has richly blessed us. Mm-hmm. I believe it is now our turn, as it should have always been, to say, we want to bless you. We want to honor you. We want to reverence you. We want to repent to you for our national and personal sins. That does not negate our right, dare I say, actually more accurately say, responsibility to act as biblical citizens. And yes, that includes voting. Vote biblical values. So for those of you that are upset about the lesser of two evils, for those of you who are upset because, my goodness, it just seems like we're stuck in the same, for those of you who are upset because people continue to use the language of this may be the last election we ever see, for those of you that are upset with that, it's yes to both. Be a good biblical citizen and pray and act toward repentance and revival. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us today, and hopefully you go from this conversation with a bit more understanding of the world around us. We'll be back later this week. The legislative session kicks off this coming week, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, and it'll run through Thursday. We'll be back later this week with another audio-only show, and then we'll be back at the end of the week uh, with our weekly show that we'll simulcast on Facebook and YouTube as well. For everyone here at Palmetto Family, thank you so much for listening and and watching on Friday. If you haven't, subscribed to our uh, social media channels, Facebook, YouTube. Make sure you click that subscribe button on YouTube. It's free. You don't have to do anything. Uh, just click the button. And if you're listening on podcast, of course, give us a five-star rating and review. Leave us that rating and review. That way other people it can bump us up on, on their feeds and, and they can find us more easily. If you want to get involved in what we're doing here at Palmetto Family, palmettofamily.org. You can sign up for our email newsletter and our action alerts. You can also invest in the work that we're doing. Uh, your investment uh, in our work is how we're able to do this. And so that that helps us immensely. And again, if you want to learn more about I Believe SC, go to ibelievesc.net, and there you can uh, get your I Believe SC license plate. I'm just thinking out loud at this point. I don't Justin, know if there's anything else. Justin, I'm just so glad that you've <laughs> chosen to uh, stand by me. Oh, perfect. It's all the time we have. We'll see you later. Enjoy your Monday. You made it through the cold. Get ready for the warm rain coming later this week. Uh, For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.